Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. Today's topic is pretty pertinent because there are some great college basketball games that have been played early in this season. There's a number of great games uh, on the schedule for the next week or so, and we're heading into conference play in college basketball. So I wanted to take a look at the top 10 college gyms that I've either played in or been able to broadcast a game from. So I've got 10, And then I have an honorable mention as well. So let's get right into it. With my Gonzaga background, it's hard to really go any place other than GU and the Kennel for number one. I know I'm going to get quite a bit of pushback on this. Uh, If I had been to Allen Fieldhouse yet as a player or broadcaster, I'm pretty sure this would take the top spot. Um, I have been to Cameron a number of times, and I'll share my experiences uh, when I get to Duke and Cameron Indoor on my list. But um, number one, Gonzaga, the McCarthy Athletic Center is a tremendous gym to get a chance to watch a game at now. Seat 6,000, every single game has been a sellout. But I actually think the old kennel, the Martin Center, was louder a lot louder. The fans were right on top of you, as they are now in McCarthy, but the gym itself was louder. Uh, It was an unbelievable atmosphere, something that I feel blessed to have been able to play in such a great gym, and now I'm able and lucky enough to call games as a broadcaster in the McCarthy Athletic Center. So number one would be Gonzaga. Number two, I'd kind of foreshadowed it a second ago. It would have been Cameron Indoor Stadium. I've had a chance to be there twice. First, when I was a player for the University of Washington, we were in the Sweet 16. We were about to play UConn in Greensboro, North Carolina, and we had practice at Cameron Indoor Stadium. It was awesome to see. It was awesome to be a part of. Obviously, there were no fans. It was just us practicing, but you you get got the sense of history, you got the sense of tradition, and this was all the way back in 1998 um, when they had won titles, but they still hadn't had the extended amount of period of success that they've now had since that time, 23, 24 years ago. But when you looked at myself as a broadcaster, I had a chance to call a game for West 101 Radio there a season ago. Um, that was impacted in, with COVID. It was Virginia at Duke. Uh, got got the assignment. Unfortunately, there were no fans, which is part of the excitement of wanting to call a game as a broadcaster. You get that energy from the fans in, in many different places, and I'm sure it's no different 
at Cameron Indoor, but couldn't go to shoot arounds because of COVID protocols, but still called the game for Westwood One Radio, had plenty of time to kind of walk around the the concourse, take in all the, the history, the pictures, the jerseys uh, that are kind of in the lobby area as you enter the gym. Uh, it was a tremendous atmosphere. Hopefully I get back at some point uh, to call another game because it was an unbelievable gym, just the history and the feel that you get walking in there. But I can only imagine it's even more enhanced with the Cameron Crazies. Number three, a gym that is no longer being played in. It's no longer there. It is demolished. And I hated this fact when it was demolished. They've replaced it with a state-of-the-art gym arena. Um, and the gym that I'm talking about, number three, Mac Court at the University of Oregon. It was an unbelievable, amazing gym. I had a chance to watch uh, a, a game there uh, when I was in high school, and it made me fall in love with the Oregon Ducks. I wanted to be an Oregon Duck. Before I committed to Gon- to University of Washington, before I transferred to Gonzaga, I wanted to be an Oregon Duck. They didn't recruit me. They didn't want to recruit me. Um, my high school coach and AAU coach reached out to them a number of times, and they said, thanks, but no thanks. We're really not interested. Later on in my career, Um, Really, basically, when I was kind of already condensed my list of schools I might go to, um, they they made a couple introductory phone calls. But at that point, I I knew the other programs well enough that um, I I was kind of set with where I was probably going to go. And that was University of Washington. But Matt Court was unbelievable. Uh, It had like three or four levels of balconies where it literally felt like the the court – was on a stage and it was balconies just straight up top and the fans were right on top of you. It was so unbelievably loud. It felt and looked like as if at times when the crowd really got going, jumping up and down, screaming that the the scoreboard in the middle was going to fall down. You could almost see the the, the cables holding it up to uh, the ceiling um, were shaking and it would sway a little bit. So as a as a fan, as a kid, I fell in love with that arena. I thought it was so cool. You drove up uh, on campus, uh, and the ivy was growing up on the on the side of the building. It just looked like uh, a big warehouse almost, um, and it had a little reader board on the outside, a little awning, a door that you went into, and then you just walk in, and it was just the the coolest old gym. Um, and I had an experience as a player when I was at Washington. Um, obviously, we would play there every year. And the locker rooms were downstairs. And the locker rooms uh, were cold. The water didn't run very hot. Um, it pretty much always ran cold. Um, the, the heaters didn't seem to work down there. Um, and it, the locker room would shake and the lights would kind of flicker because the student section above was basically directly above you with the court and they would jump up and down and would bounce just an unbelievable atmosphere um, would be my number three pick Matt court. Unfortunately, it's no longer there. As I mentioned, uh, Matthew Knight arena has replaced it and it's a pretty darn nice arena. Number four on my list. I've been able to call a game there for Westwood one radio when I called, 
when, excuse me, when I called Auburn at Kentucky. Auburn at Kentucky, that was a tremendous game. Um, but to go to Rupp Arena and, and see the atmosphere around a Kentucky game, uh, it's connected to a hotel, and the fans are just excited. You know, even the night before, you're getting people coming into town just to go to a game at Rupp. You're getting people in the lobby. You, you go down for breakfast, and, and you feel the, the the busyness. You feel the excitement of the crowd. Uh, it's connected through a like a like convention center type of walkway to Rupp Arena, and then just the the energy and the excitement and the amount of fans for Kentucky basketball just blew me away. Twenty three thousand, I think five hundred. Uh, I think it's close to that. I know it's over twenty three thousand, but uh, they sell out basically every game, regardless of they who, who they play against. That was a really fun. Uh, game, fun atmosphere, fun fun setting to call a game at. Number five, played at this arena when I was a Washington Husky. Um, we were playing a game there basically because one of my teammates grew up in the area, and a lot of colleges try to do that. They try to go back and play a, a game in, in an area uh, that's close enough for family and friends for, for one of their players to go play in front of them. And this would have been for Dion Luton, who was from Oklahoma. We played Oklahoma State at Gallagher-Iba Arena right after it was renovated. It was a cool gym. You, you see it from the outside. R- reminded me a lot of the old gyms, similar to Matt Court Brick. Um, I don't want to say it's unassuming on that from the outside, but uh, it, you get that sense that it's an old field house. And so th- that was just recently renovated, and with that renovation, just like Matt Court, it felt like they did a, an amazing job of keeping the fans right on top of you. I remember them, them talking about how they renovated it is literally, it, if I remember correctly, they like cut the top off the roof, elevated it up, and then built more stands essentially straight up and then dropped the roof back down. Uh, it was loud. It was a great energy. Unfortunately, uh, us Huskies lost that night, but it was a great, great arena, great environment. Loved being a part of that as a player. Number six, Butler Fieldhouse. Butler Fieldhouse. I had a chance to call games there last year um, during the COVID-shortened NCAA season and the NCAA tournament. Um, I'd never been to Butler Fieldhouse Always had wanted to go call a game. There was limited fans. I believe it they, they let it go to about third capacity. Um, but just iconic. Such a cool gym, cool arena. You get the the, the history when you kind of walk around the concourse, see the, the, the pictures, see the history of Indiana basketball. Um, Hoosiers is one of my favorite movies. And so to kind of have that memory of, of – Hoosiers and, and imagine what was going on on the floor uh, way back when, when that, that movie was filmed, that was really cool. So number six would have been Butler Fieldhouse. Number seven, I'm coming back to the West coast. Um, it's a program that has had a lot of pride. They've been one of the most successful programs over the last 20 years or so on the West coast. Uh, they've built a great fan day atmosphere because they've got a great student section 
That would be San Diego State, the Aztecs, and their home arena, Viejas. It does a great job of really um, providing a great atmosphere. It's unique in the fact that the concourse is outside. It's really unique. It's interesting. It's different. The concourse. So if you're you as a fan or you as a student want to go get some food on the concourse or you want to get uh, some some apparel, some memorabilia, most arenas you go up to the concourse. You're walking around inside. Well, Viejas, because you're in San Diego, one of the greatest cities in the country for weather, <laughs> you're outside. It it it. It's really amazing. I called a game there a couple weeks back, and seven o'clock on a on a winter night, you're outside in 55, 60 degree weather, getting some fresh air, um, and, and get a chance to get a snack before the game starts. It's pretty cool. So Viejas does a tremendous job uh, of providing a great atmosphere to watch a college basketball game. Next one on my list. I never had a chance to play a game here but I've called multiple games as a broadcaster in this arena. It's in the Midwest where they love their basketball uh, unbelievably so, and that would be Coke Arena in Wichita State. Kind of a circular dome arena. Um, The fans aren't necessarily right on top of the court, but they do a tremendous job of of showing up and, and supporting Wichita State uh, it was a really good atmosphere. I enjoyed calling uh, multiple games there. Hopefully I get more assignments uh, in the coming years because uh, I really loved going to a game at Wichita State. Number nine would have been St. Joe's. Yes, St. Joe's out of the Atlantic 10 in Philadelphia. This gym has been renovated. It's now called Hagen Arena. When I played there as a Gonzaga Bulldog, it would have been New Year's Eve. 2001 so December 31st 2001 so I guess New Year's Eve 2002 I guess is how that works but um, it was alumni field house it sat about 4200 people or so it had that old brick feeling and look from the outside sits right on campus and I remember it because just like a lot of these old gyms you get some nooks and crannies in the arena with where your locker room is. There are dead spots on the floor that I personally loved as a player. You know, you you, you get to shoot around, you get to pregame workouts before the game starts, and you just dribble all around the floor just to get a feel for it. Because some, this sounds weird to you know the the average fan, but every floor has a different feel to it when you're running up and down when you're dribbling a ball, how the ball bounces and responds. You want to get the the, the, the sense of what it sounds like when you dribble it. Uh, it was so cool. It was a great arena, a great gym to play in, and not to mention the fact that um, I was able to hit a game winner with uh, a couple seconds left in that game. So great memories as a player because of how I play, but also because of the setting in, in the fans and how on top of of the court that they were. I really loved playing at St. Joe's. Number 10. It's a toss-up. I'm staying on the West Coast. I'm going to go a combined number 10 for Mikhail Center for the University of Arizona as well as Poly Pavilion on UCLA's campus. I played in both arenas. I have not called games as a broadcaster in in either arena, uh, but they were both great 
for different reasons. Uh, McHale's fans uh, were more energized. They were into it. They were loud. I had a chance to play there three times, twice with the University of Washington, once with Gonzaga, and they were as supportive and loud and boisterous fans as you're going to find on the West Coast uh, at McHale Center. But Pauley Pavilion cracks this list. They don't have a great energized student section or fan um, kind of energy about them, but it's Pauley Pavilion. It's You look up and you see the national title banners. When I played there uh, my freshman, sophomore year uh, at UW, I didn't play my sophomore year because I was out with a broken foot, but my freshman year, you, you look over behind the UCLA bench and, and Coach Wooden was still sitting there. Uh, I thought that was so unbelievably cool. That was awesome. So that's why Pauly makes the list top 10. Now, as I mentioned before I got into this, there are a number of gyms that would be on this list, but I haven't had a chance to play or call a game in those. So I wasn't able to put them on the list. There are gyms that are on my bucket list as a broadcaster be able to call games at. And these would include Allen Fieldhouse. It would include Michigan State's uh, campus. It would include um, North Carolina, Indiana, uh, for certain, these these would definitely be a part of, of those bucket list arenas, and they would make the list had I been able to play or call a game there. So uh, a couple other honorable mentions that I just want to put out there and I want to throw out there um, would be the Chrysler Center at University of Michigan. Great setting, great atmosphere. I had a, call, a chance to call a uh, Westwood One radio game a couple years back there. Um, Illinois. Senior year of Gonzaga, we played at Illinois. Really good crowd, um, which you're going to find at pretty much all the Big Ten gyms, Big Ten arenas. Uh, they get great fan support, uh, great, um, loud, boisterous uh, student sections, as well as passionate uh, alumni fan bases. And then the couple other gyms that make my honorable mention, and they make them for a, a couple different reasons. Um, Maples Pavilion in the Pac-12 for Stanford. As a player there, I remember, and this was in, in Stanford's heyday, I, I remember just the, the floor shaking. It was a, a gym that it would the student section would get into it. They'd jump up and down. The floor would shake. I remember that being a tremendous place to play. Uh, and then the last one that makes my honorable mention list, Pepperdine in Malibu Fieldhouse. Small gym, maybe only 22, 2,500 people, I think it seats. Um, they don't pack it. They don't sell it out. Student section doesn't get crazy. Um, it doesn't really make this list because of the gym and the, the setting inside, but it's more so the setting outside. You take 15 steps, basically, 20 steps from the baseline of uh, the the – the, the north baseline, and you're looking at the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> you're, you're outside. You're looking at the Pacific Ocean. You got the fresh air. It's just an unbelievable setting. It's an un unbelievable environment. Um, it makes my honorable mention because of that. So thanks again for listening. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed some of the experiences that I shared with your you as a listener as I ranked some of the top 10 gyms and arenas in college basketball that I have a chance to play in or broadcast in. So 
For SB Live Sports, I'm Dan Dickow. Thanks for listening to the ISO. Take care. God bless. Have a great weekend. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.